everybody, Dave Hodges here. Welcome to our guest segment. Glad you could stay with us. This is the Common Sense Show you're listening to. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And we're going to be talking with Robert Griswold in just a moment about some critical current events. Current events that could really shape your preparations. Uh, first, I want to let you know that we're brought to you by um, Noble Gold, uh, very best in gold diversification is what we call it here. And listen, you're saying, Dave, I can't keep all my money in the bank. I know it's crazy. Good. I know you know that. We know that too as a family. And so you can call Noble Gold. They'll help you with that. 877-646-5347. 877-646-5347. Also too, ladies and gentlemen, we have the best storable food company in the world and we're keeping up with demand. Unlike a lot of our competitors who are having some trouble and uh, we are meeting demand and rather than raising prices during times of crisis, the people at MPS are lowering prices. That's right. Nearly 40% off the two and four week packages. You can buy multiple sets, restaurant quality, 25 year shelf life. Go to preparewithdave.com. And we're also going to be talking to another vendor here. As I just mentioned, we're going to be talking to Robert Griswold. And I'll tell you, he, I call him King Prepper. And you're going to want to listen to some of the things we talk about because whatever he hits on, I'm going to ask him, do you have anything that can fix that? Bob, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. Good to be here, Dave. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Um, oh, my gosh, Dave. I, I, I look at the world, and I think I could be forgiving, forgiven to believe that the world is entering the biblical apocalypse. Um, I mean, it's just not this virus that I'm talking about. It's, it's everything. But, Dave, um, before I begin, I, I, I want to ask something for God's people out there to be praying. There was a Christian father in Mississippi, a pastor of a church. Um, I think his name is Pat. His wife and six children died in a fire oh last night. And I, I can't imagine what that man is going through right now. You can find the story online. It's on ChristianPost.com. I think as God's people, uh, we need to be praying for the, earnestly praying for this man. Um, I, I just can't imagine what he's going through, and I just want to report that because I think prayer and the, the t touch from the supernatural God that he serves is the only thing that can preserve him. His wife was 33, and his children were from 1 to 15 years old, uh, six of them. And, um, but anyhow, I, I did. I just felt led to say that and to be praying for this man. Uh, my heart breaks for him. I mean, I, I, it, just, it just utterly breaks for this man. And, um, and we need to be keeping him in our prayer. Um, so, uh, but with that, uh, you know, Dave, I have never seen the world in the condition it's in. It's like a switch has been turned. And um, the uh, put it this way, I would see two scenarios that are ahead of us. One is what I would call uh, the biblical end of days. And, uh, I mean, I, I start lining up what the Scripture teaches concerning that time, and I look at all the data points that it gives that would be indications of that time. And, and Jesus said specifically these things. He gave hundreds of different uh, signs so that we would know and we would not be, um, you know, startled when it happens, that we would be mentally, spiritually, and physically prepared for when it happens, that we would not be like everybody else who's just going to really lose their mind 
he says part of it that they'd be seeking death and they couldn't find it. That's actually in the scripture. Um, and and I look at it and and you know it also says men's hearts failing them for things they see coming upon the earth. Now I think there's a spiritual dynamic to that of things, they spiritual things coming upon the earth. But also just in this staccato fashion we see right now of swine flu, this flu, there's a haunt outbreak in Nigeria. I mean, these earthquakes are seen. Tennessee's been rattled by earthquakes. We, we never have that happen. And then major earthquakes, uh, this pestilence, the, this locust, I mean, the, it's a plague unlike anything that human, human history has in, in recent memory. That we've seen, it's just, and they're saying it's going to cause massive famine. Um, and so, you mentioned the food to start with, Dave. I think most of your listeners are pretty up to date on things, but uh, you know, it's kind of like people tongue in cheek say, "How much ammo is enough?" And it's just that that's an open-ended question because really, you can always use more. Um, and so, how much food is enough? Um, think of that. We're, we're seeing plague, and, and, and I want to just supply chain logistics with this one virus, okay, not including the swine flu that's killed 25% of the world's pig population, which is going to put strain on the beef, fish, and poultry industry sure. because sure. the people that, that ate pig are going to be switching over there. But, um, you know, this this, this is, has a potential, and it's already affecting supply chain. But but um, back back up a little bit. Even if it is not this this biblical the, the biblical apocalypse that the scripture talks about, I think it's very obvious that this is going to be one of these moments in history where humanity has a big setback, um, and we have taken so many things for granted. We've taken the supply chain for granted. We've taken, you know, uh, go to the doctor and get fixed for granted. And they can't fix this. This is this is a virgin virus. This is that's why they call it a novel virus. It's it's a virgin virus. They, your nobody's body has used to seeing this thing. It's something new. And so with that, you know, we we with, along with the other indicators I just mentioned, I, I think humanity is going to face one of those two scenarios. And and it's just because God is just, and we have we have mocked His law. We have murdered children by the, the hundreds. We've mocked marriage. We've 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 done everything that we can do to invoke the wrath of the Almighty. And and, and you know, with this virus, Dave, I want to ask you a question. Have you seen these videos um, out where all these trucks are driving through the major cities? Hundreds of them. You mean the, the crematorium major- trucks. No, the ones that are spraying this virus side, or oh, so what they're saying. Have you seen yeah. those? Yeah. Okay. The question is, are, question. are they spraying the virus or the treatment? Well, even a deeper question than that. Those are hundreds of those trucks, highly specialized trucks. They built those in the last two weeks, right? No. These trucks have been in their inventory. Think of that. Think of what that implication is if that is true. Yeah, I get it. If they if these trucks have been in the inventory, and they've had this chemical spray, whatever it is, I mean, they, you, you don't know what the Chinese are spraying. I mean, because I think spraying just down the streets would have some effect, but a marginal effect because the virus could be in the cars, it could be in the, it could be in your house, it could be you know in the sewers, it could be in stores, and that that virus is not going to get into all those places. So, I mean, it might have a, a marginal effect, 
But um, if the Chinese have had these trucks and all this in their inventory for a while, which I, I, I find it very difficult to believe that they could build all that in just a few weeks, maybe a month at the most, um, and, and then deploy them throughout the country, that would be a, a feat that, that I just think would be outside the realm of credulity, that you could do that. So if the Chinese have been doing this and have these trucks in their inventory, they've been preparing for this. I mean, either offensive or defensive biological weapon, because they know if they use biological weapons offensively, uh, they'll be used against them offensively. So they've, they have been preparing for a full-fledged biological weapons program, and that's what these trucks represent. In my opinion, and I could be proven wrong, but I don't think so, these trucks did not just show up in the last few weeks. They've been in inventory for a long time. And, and again, when mm -hmm. I work that equation backwards, um, it, it, it paints a pretty macabre picture of what the Chinese mentality is concerning biological weapons. And, and, you know, we can believe it came out of that live animal market or we can believe it came out of the bioweapons laboratory. Um, well, Bob, I'm even going to go a level deeper. Alexandra Daly and I are working on tracing the origin. First of all, we discovered that the biological weapons program for the Chinese is was primitive primitive at best and that was as of three years ago we believe that they were sent the bioweapons that they're using now they may have altered them you know when they got possession of them which you can do uh, with gene editing and so forth but i'm telling you the origins of what we're seeing they're not from the food they're not from dead birds or bats or snakes yes they're I not agree. from the chinese innovations they're from the chinese getting help from somewhere and where and, we and think they're we, where we think they're getting help, and we've got pretty good data. I'll say this, Bob. I, I put this in print. I've got good enough data to get a grand jury indictment. I don't think I have enough to get a conviction, but I don't have the power of the government to subpoena, you know, to assign special prosecutors. But I will tell you this: it came out of Ukraine, and Hunter Biden was at the center of it, and he was either using Air Force One or Air Force Two or both. And the reason I say that is the Senate is on this because they got two investigations going on right now as we speak to look into Hunter Biden's travels on Air Force One and Air Force Two to Ukraine and China. Yeah, I mean, and I agree with you. And, and here's where the Chinese are good, and this is where it could bite them. They are very good at stealing other people's technology. I mean, they've infiltrated yeah. United States thoroughly with the help of our government and just by being good at espionage, they've infiltrated all, all the major industry in the United States. They've infiltrated all the major offices of the con con Congress, um, uh, the White House, um, in, in political realms in the United States. Um, and obviously, they've infiltrated maybe our bioweapons and our you know chemical weapons and nuclear weapons um, manufacturing processes. Uh, obviously, they've definitely infiltrated the colleges where you know this type of thing is taught and so they might have stolen from us we don't know but whatever it is this is a virulent agent it's a persistent agent and it appears to be an encapsulated agent um, I don't know if they'd ever tell you and what I mean by that is the virus has been encapsulated in something so that it can stay alive on a surface for a very long time whereas you know like um, Ebola if you have just standard Ebola that's why it has to have human-human contact to pass is you know if it, on, if it if it gets on a tabletop 
that that dies quickly. You know, a couple hours, it die, it's dead. But if you take that virus and they learn how to encapsulate it in something, some membrane, and I'm not sure the exact process, so I can't explain it. I'm not, I'm not that technically sophisticated to explain that, but I know what they do. Um, they encapsulate that virus. Then that virus can stay alive for days on a surface, and then you ingest it in your body acid or your body heat or something breaks it down inside of you, and then you get sick. And that's how they weaponize a lot of these viruses. Um, and, and so, um, you know, I, I think, Dave, what we're facing right now, uh, it, it, I, I just can't even begin to describe it. I mean, because it's just not this virus. And now we're having mainstream media come out and say, you know, I saw a, uh, a Mayo, Mayo Clinic uh, virologist saying it's global. Uh, I think a Yale virologist said that it's global, and then the questions are coming out also in the mainstream media. Has it been a created virus? Well, you know, alternate news media reported this a long time ago, and, and you know these guys are just catching on. Um, and and the thing is that we have declared a medical martial law in this country. Our policy is to declare medical martial law. It's not been declared yet, but I, I think as in China. I know that in China the medical martial law would be used against political enemies. You know whether whether Joe has it or not. If Joe's an enemy of the state, Joe has the disease, and he is dragged off to a, you know, a, a uh, internment center or a quarantine center, and Joe obviously gets the disease there, and poor Joe, he died of the disease. But he, he was never contagious, and you, you see what China's doing. They're throwing all these people in rooms and not even protecting them. These cruise ships, I mean, uh, that, that are infected, and they're, you know, people are not having the proper quarantine measures so that even the, the, the people that aren't sick are getting it. And so if this is happening, when, when, when they know there's an outbreak of the disease, I mean, what's going to happen at these um, in, in, in quarantine centers? It, it, it's a... Um, it's a pretty bleak picture. And so this is what I tell people because I always like solution-based. You know, um, the mask that we're buying, the N95 and 100 mask, they, they do serve some good purposes. I mean, obviously, they do provide some barrier. But with their real effectiveness is when you put that mask on your face, you don't touch your face. And that's probably 90% of what people will get it. If it's on your hands and your hands don't have cuts in it, you get that virus on your hands, all you can do is sterilize your hands and you're going to kill it. Um, but, it, you know, it, the, the virus hijacks itself to your hands, and then you put your hands to your mouth and face, and that's how you contract it. So, And it does appear to be an upper respiratory uh, thing, the way the, those little spikes on the outside of the virus, it, it allows it to go past the nasal passages down into the lungs. And what I'm reading now is that, that, that there, even if you do recover from it, there's going to be permanent lung damage done. So the real thing right now, Dave, is to, is to start implementing, um, uh, and I want to say this, you can wash your hands a dozen times a day. Um, get some ammonium chloride. We sell it, but you can get it anywhere. You want an ammonium chloride solution, and, and ammonium chloride is the um, cleanser of choice that kills the level four stuff. So it kills all the bad bugs. Um, mix it up. Keep spray bottles around your house. And just think of everything people touch regularly, your refrigerator door, your oven door, your toilet bowl handles, your light switches, your sink switch, your sinks, your doorknobs. Um, keep those sprayed. In fact, when my son and I came back from the SHOT Show in Las Vegas um, last month, um, 
you know, I, I kept, he was there the first time he went, he wanted to go see it. And I, and I really had a good time with him bringing him out there. He's kind of father son thing. But I, I kept telling him, Joshua, keep your hands off the escalator handles. Joshua, don't touch that. You know, don't touch that. Just sterilize your hands. And being a young kid, you know, he, he doesn't think, you know, I live forever. He doesn't think about it that much. But we came home and, um, you know, he got the flu. Now, it wasn't the coronavirus flu, but it was the flu. And two days later, I got it. A couple of days later, my wife got it. So, I mean, you know, it was a very, I mean, flu is never fun, but it was a, an effective lesson for us on what could be the next time. And so this is what I would encourage people to do. Make sure you start following these protocols now that if this thing does what I suspect it's going to do, become pandemic in the United States, and it starts to have secondary and tertiary uh, uh you know, infection rates where, you know, the, the person that came back from China gets it and then they pass it on to someone and they pass it on to someone because the, the, the R.O. rate of this virus has changed dramatically from when they first came out. They say it's much more infectious than they thought it was. And the incubation period could be up to 24 days. So you can be a walking time bomb around being contagious and not even know you're sick. And that leads me to the, some of the data points that make me think that it's probably far more. So here's what people need to be doing right now. Yes, get your N95 mask if you can find them. I, I would recommend something a little bit more protective than that. And then learn how to start protecting yourself from the transmission of this into your family. Because, uh, again, as in my family, Joshua got sick first, and he brought it into everybody. And now that's all it takes is one person to bring it into your family, and if it's this coronavirus, you could all be dead or interned or quarantine center. And once you get into those quarantine centers, it's probably like the Roach Motel. Do you ever come out of them? Um, and, and so now is the time to really start putting this in practice and taking this very serious. It has not gone widespread in the United States yet that we know of, but again, we could have thousands of contagious people walking around that don't know they're contagious. Uh, the government has set up um, centers right now, uh, quarantine centers that are admitted by all major airports, um, and they say it's for a thousand people. But you know, um, one thing we can always count on. And I just, I just asked this: Did the government, did the Russian government lie about Chernobyl? Did the U.S. government lie about Katrina? Did it lie about Three Mile Island? Did the Japanese government lie about Fukushima? Did the Chinese government lie about coronavirus? It does seem to be a pattern that governments do lie about things when they when they go bad. I mean, you know. Does the government bear government... poop in the woods? I mean, come on, we know yeah, the obvious uh, yeah. answers. I mean, this, yeah. so it does appear that whatever the government says is a lie. I mean, that, that just appears that way. Um, and so, I mean, and I think there's hard facts to prove that up. So just because the government says they have only 1,000 uh, beds in a quarantine center, I mean, I, I don't believe that. I, I think it's probably far more. The military is mobilizing to deal with this. And so the, the thing is, don't be a nail sticking up out of the board. You know, you know, limit your exposure. I would seriously limit my exposure as far as gr large groups of people. Um, you know, if you do go to church, I would make sure if you have that greeting time when people shake each other's hands, I would not do it. If you see people sneezing, uh, leave. In fact, they've admitted that you can sneeze in a room. Ten minutes later, somebody can walk in and still inhale the virus. Right. So uh, these are things I think people need to be doing to stay healthy. And in, in, the, in the patriot community, the Christian community, uh, we can do this. We have this avenue right now that you and I have and that other people have to spread this information to others 
uh, to do that. And again, you know, Dave, this is the security apparatus uh, picture of it. If an area really came down with bad flu, um, I, I would suspect that there's a high probability that the government would turn off your, the IP addresses in that area and turn yeah. off cell phones in that area just to keep that information from spreading. And this goes back to radio. It just goes straight back to radio, having the ability to use radio to your effectiveness and being able to alert and keep in touch with other family members, even within your community, um, and seeing how they're doing. So I, I think those are some very good things people are doing. But again, this is just one picture, the one piece of the puzzle. There's so many pieces of the puzzle right now, it's almost overwhelming for people. And so, you know, we really need to start taking our preps seriously. You know, it's, it's I've used this example. I'll use it again. You know, I, I love the, the biblical character Abraham. And, you know, Abraham was quite a man of God, and he had his failings. But when Abraham's nephew, Lot, was kidnapped, he had, he had three things he employed when he went and rescued Lot. Um, and he went and rescued him. Lot's family was kidnapped by some evil dudes, and Abraham, I mean, he could have sat there and said, oh, hey, my son, that's my nephew. I'm not going to risk my family to go take care of him. No, Abraham had the moral courage to do what was right, and I think at this time, you know, we really need to take seriously to have our relationship with God so that we develop, and he instills in us this moral courage to do what is right right now. Because that will that that's how we get his blessing. That's how we go through the tough times. That's how this pastor who lost his family, it, it's not going to be because he has a food supply that he can go through this tough time. It's because God has instilled something in him to allow him to walk through the unimaginable. I mean, it, it's unimaginable in my thing. I'm looking at a picture of his family right now, and it's unimaginable what that man's walking through. And the only thing that will bring that man to the other side is the moral strength that God will give him to walk through it. And and so we really need to be working this right now in, in, in our Bible reading, our prayer, our time alone with God, that we allow him to instill his power within our lives so that when push comes to shove, we do the right thing and we don't cave. You know, I've said this before, and it's kind of, it's a joke, but it, there's a lot of truth to it. You know, who has the best gun sales? Well, the French do because they've never been fired and only dropped once. <laughs> now we kind of laugh at that, yeah. but th there's a lot of truth to it. How many people facing adversity have just run away? They they don't stand in that day in that hour. And they just run away. They drop everything they have, and they run away. So again, it goes back to that moral strength people will have in this hour. And I want to be a man of valor. I know you do. And I just pray that every man and woman listening to this would be a man or woman, a man or woman of valor right now and have that, that God-given strength in them to stand in this day and, and, and proclaim truth and, and not to submit to the fear that this is going to want to generate in people that we stand and we know our God and that we do great exploits. The, the second thing that, that Abraham had is he had, men, he had men of valor. He had tough men. He had men that had trained with swords, spears, stuff like that. And, and this, is, this is a little more delicate because I know there are people out there that are genuinely um, disabled. But if you're disabled because of alcohol, drugs, food addictions, and things like that, 
I, I just I, I'm not condemning anybody. I mean, there, there there was a time that I've had some issues in my life in those areas. So I mean, I can't I can't I don't condemn anybody for it. I it's a challenge that if any of those things are in your life, God has made our bodies to be men and women of valor, men and women of strength. And I just challenge people right now to, if if you have an addiction, you know, to get help to overcome that addiction. If you have a food addiction or, or whatever it is, to get the help that that you can. Now I'm 64. I will never be what I was at 30. So I understand there, there's always that diminishing thing. But even at my age, I still want to be that man God can send and use, and that does require. Uh, physical capabilities and training that's that's the big thing Abraham just didn't get his his top men of his of his um, clan and say okay uh, um, anybody know what this is which end of the sword do you hold to sharp end of the bonnet I mean you know what do we do with this thing that has a string on it and you pull it back and it goes what do you do with that Um, and the spear thing what do you do with it Um, you know these men had trained with those weapons and Dave, you know, they had to travel to go get Lot. Do you think they had a food supply with them? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, exactly. the, the, or do you think they said, I'm just going to have faith and God's going to leave food along the way? It's kind of like Hansel and Gretel thing. Oh, there'll be breadcrumbs along the path. Um, no, they had a food supply with them. They had water with them. And then they had the implements to effectively rescue Lot. And they had effectively trained with those implements. And then the third thing is what I do. And it's, quite frankly, the least important. That's the stuff. I mean, if you don't have the moral courage to do what is right, you're going to be like that joke. You're going to you know, drop it and run. And somebody else will get it. But, uh, again, as we see throughout the Scripture, the, the food, the water – and again, other thing, modern things we have, like the night vision, the communication, the medicines, the, all these other things that we have available to us, they are very important. Um, because Abraham obviously had the swords. He obviously had the spears. He obviously had food they could pack for a, a longer trip. And not only for them, but they had to, when they got Lot, they had to go home and they needed to feed Lot and his family. Um, they had water. So, uh, you know, you could say that they were kind of like, preppers um you know they they were they were planning and they knew what was going to be required of the adversity they were going to face now again we're warned in the bible over and over and over again of the adversity that either nations that sin or during this time which i believe we're entering in the apocalypse i mean you know tom horn's talking about this uh, big asteroid that hit the earth and fracture everything and we have a lot of other men and women of god doing saying the same things the scripture bears witness to it and and so you you can be one of those people that says i'm just gonna have faith and trust god but i don't see that in the scripture that often there were certain people that god brought food to um out out in the desert he did it with the people children of israel he brought them food and manna and that can happen if that's what god's telling you to do then uh, do it but you know, we have great examples of judgment coming, of Noah, of Joseph, where they did a lot of preparation. And this is something else I think I think I said on your program. You know, if you read the story of Joseph in the Bible, the seven good years and the seven years of famine, 
what happened in that is that, you know, Joseph had all the food. And to get that food, you had to buy it from Pharaoh. And it started out with the fact that um, they gave up their money, then they gave up their property, and then they sold themselves into indenturement. Before that, if they were alive today, they'd be selling their guns. Selling their guns, getting the government gruel line, waiting yeah. for a little government tent somewhere. And and the, the, the thing is, I, I do suspect, it's not in the scripture, but I do suspect there are prob- people that probably looked at Joseph saying, well, that's a man of God. He's hearing from God. He's storing food. Maybe I should do the same. And, and, and we know today the government's storing massive amounts of food. I mean, they, they do. They have massive amounts of food on store. And so if, if they're doing it, I mean, perhaps we should take a cue from that playbook and say, well, let's do that same thing. That way, when push comes to shove, I don't have to give my money. I don't have to give up my guns, my house, and I don't have to be interned, lose my freedom and detriment in some government internment camp. Um, I, so I would strongly recommend people do that. So we have, we have three things at play, and I just want to re- recap them, and then we can talk some more. Um, first and foremost, you have to have the moral strength to stand in this day. If you think you're going to be able to stand because you're some you know, super Rambo Navy SEAL, you're not going to be able to. What is coming on this earth is beyond what you can imagine, and even the bravest of men are going to have faint hearts unless they have the, the God of the universe in their heart giving them courage. Two, if we have these addictions in our life that are causing us to be physically incapacitated, I, I would encourage you to get help, get find a brother, a sister, a friend, a help group, and deal with those. And, and again, this isn't dealing with a person who has a genuine handicap or, or disabled, a disability. This is people, it's, it's, you know, they, they say we dig our grave with our teeth and, you know, the opiate addiction, the benzo addictions, all these things that are out there. Um, no condemnation, Dave, no condemnation whatsoever. Uh, I, I Just as a brother of love to say, you know, start dealing with those things. And then the third thing is you, you absolutely have to have the implements of, uh, up to bring physical salvation right now, the food, the water, and the other stuff that we've mentioned. That's what's coming because, again, we just look at this staccato fashion, this coronavirus, this swine flu that wiped out a quarter of the world's pigs. We see these other diseases breaking out. We see these earthquakes happening. Major, or major, We see these massive storms. I mean, good grief, fires. I mean, all this stuff breaking out, unrest, the threat of war. Um, if, if you can't take the warning right now, then, you know, we're quickly running out of the time when the ability to be warned and to prepare is, is that door is closing. So with that, I, I don't know, Dave, do you, if you had any comments or questions. Well, I think you're right. We're out of time. Um, there's too many roads leading to destruction, and one or more of them are going to be realized. Uh, and how the world's going to be changed, I don't know. Yeah, the virus coming here to America, how that's going to happen, I don't know. I will tell you what I do know. I do know of a senior federal law enforcement agent who was on a conference call with the CDC and uh, they were doing all the different agencies and some of the drop-offs had to happen. In other words, Bob, you might only be certified to hear 50% of what was being said. 
So when they got done with your part of the briefing, see ya. And then they go to a higher level. Then they get rid of the next 20%. And then the next 20%. In other words, when they're segmenting quarantine procedures and the dissemination of the facts, they're hiding a lot of what they're doing when they're compartmentalizing to this degree. Absolutely. I mean, that's, again, that's that's an absolutely no-brainer. And, and so, you know, what is being said they're doing is, you know, it's like the iceberg. You know, you might see 10% of it, 15% of it above the surface, but there's 90% of it below the surface. And, and that's what people need to understand. You don't want to be a nail sticking out, you know, of the wood when the government comes with their medical, you know, internment. Um, and, and the best way to do that is start limiting your exposure, start practicing good sanitation. Sanitation is probably one of the most important things you can do. Wash your hands a dozen times a day. Keep your hands off your face. Um, you know, limit your exposure to lot, large groups of people. And this includes church. I mean, you know, um, you know, I would it, – it's a big thing, uh, movie theaters. I mean, just lim- start limiting your exposure to these, these avenues where disease can be rapidly spread. Um, I would not be shaking anybody's hand right now, you know. Um, I, I just don't shake people's hands right now. Um, if I touch something, I have disinfectant, you know, gel that I can use. I don't know how effective it is. Nobody's told us yet how effective it is. It's good against germs. I don't know how much effective it against viruses. I do know that ammonium chloride will kill it. Ammonium chloride is not the best stuff for your skin, so you have to be careful. Um, you know, in in you know latex gloves, the face mask, face mask, Dave are really good for those who are sick too because it keeps them from spewing all that out when they're coughing. So it helps hold that virus in so that much of the virus get out. So if somebody does get sick in your family, I would basically try to quarantine them and put a face mask on them so they couldn't just be coughing it out everywhere. And, you know, but that that's something. But I think I think it's quickly disappearing that this is a naturally occurring virus. So um, this only is a not fool. the time. Only a fool would believe that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Um, and, and still, the $64,000 question to me is, where did all those disinfectant trucks come from? Well, you know, I mean, they, they planned it, and this is why I go back to Ukraine. And Ukraine's at the center of everything evil involving arms and weapons. I'll give you an example, and this is kind of a side turn, and I'll just go there briefly. I, I had a contact within the FBI, and they told me, uh, because they were being squeezed uh, to do something, and they told me they weren't going to do it, and they're putting out dead man switches and this was one part of the switch and they said how would you like to be able to show that the clinton foundation and other democrats gave arms to iran and i said oh i'd love that well all you have to do is go to these particular mainstream publications and do a lit search and i did that and lo and behold it became an article and it was using the awan brothers they went to pakistan from ukraine and snuck them into Iran through the back door. And, yeah. uh, and and this is, and here's my point. My point is, if they did it there, they could certainly do the bioweapons to China. Yeah, and, and, you know, anybody who dies of this disease is is basically, I mean, uh, up for grabs because in their body they have that virus in there. And so it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if I extract blood from these people that are dying or dead. Um I've got the virus, and there there are some very wicked and nefarious people out there. Would I put it past the deep state, the globalist, 
to create a virus like this, to put it on the world so that they can achieve their thing of depopulation, so that they can implement medical quarantining. I mean, it, it sounds like only the most you know ludicrous thing to say people would do that, but just look at history. I mean, look what Hitler did. Look what Stalin did. Look what Mao did. Look what Idi Amin did. Look what Mao said. I mean, look what all these people did. They killed people by the millions, and they didn't even think about it. Um, and and so, I mean, we kill billions or millions of babies, um, and then we dissect them and chop them up. So if I can do that, would I spread a virus around on purpose? Absolutely. That's my opinion. Absolutely. And that that sounds so conspiratorial i know it does but all i have to do is i use my really good source history they murder babies socialism has killed 100 million people in the last century and it's proposing to kill a whole lot more in this century and so you know would they do something that dark to to spread this virus so that they could wipe out a lot of people which they state they want yeah yeah, they say yeah. it. And so to all the censors and naysayers listening, they're quotes from globalists that say this is what they want to do. Ted Turner, 1997, Audubon Magazine, we need to reduce the population of the earth by 90%. I didn't force him to say that. I didn't force Audubon to print this. He did it. And many other globalists say the same thing. Yeah, many of them do. Many of them say we need to reduce world population. So... Um, you know, before somebody accuses me of putting a tinfoil hat on, let me let me hear you counter the argument of history. And that's what I would use. You have to counter the argument of history to say that could not happen. And so many times it has happened, Dave. History has pointed that so many times that the powers that be do use things of this nature. Look what we did to the Indians with smallpox blankets. But that's back then. Has man's heart changed? No. You see the Bernie Sanders people saying we need to kill Christians and intern them. Has man's heart changed? Would they spread the virus to us to kill us because we're just those evil, wicked, nasty Christian people? We're evil capitalists? Yeah, I, I think they would. I think history points the picture pretty dramatically that they would. And so, um, you know, let's, let's not play their plan. Let's not do what they want. Let's be proactive in this right now and start taking the necessary steps to break the chain of this. We might not be able to do it globally. We not, might not be able to do it nationally. We not, might not be able to do it locally, but we can probably do a pretty good job of it inside our families. And that's going to may take some dramatic effort and some measures. But if the mortality rate of this starts to climb, um, the question is, am I going to be... The, the guy who just goes along with everybody else and gets sick and whatever happens to me happens to me, or am I going to take some proactive measures that might seem um, kind of Noah? You know, um, well, you're building a what? Yeah. A boat? You know, um, you idiot. Um, you know, uh, Joseph, you build seven years worth of food on these silos, you idiot. What do you think you're doing? Um, yeah, how many times has that been said, and how many times have those people been right? So, um well, you're correct, but here, here's the thing, too, I look at. You and I might be dead wrong. Maybe everything we're saying is fantasy, conspiratorial, nut job nonsense. But someday, by the laws of probability, a major crisis will arrive, arise 
And if people are prepped, they have a lot better chance of surviving. Absolutely. And, and But Dave, now we're starting to see Mayo Clinic, Yale virologists, all these different experts coming out saying it's at pandemic levels. You're not going to stop it. Um, I mean, I, I was watching two this morning on major news channels saying that. Um, now, for whatever reason they're saying it, to panic people, to drive people into vaccines or whatever the government says that they need to jump through to get cured of it, I don't know. But um, the thing is, I know that if you, what do they say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Right. Um, and I would start to put into that practice that ounce of prevention right now. And, and that's the, the things I mentioned, keeping your hands clean, keeping you touching your face, limit your exposure to groups of people, stop handshaking people. If you touch stuff, carry some um, disinf- hand disinfectant with you, um, you know, start practicing that now. And I think you will greatly reduce your chances of contracting this virus. So, but that's, again, I want to paint this in the broad picture of a lot of these events. This is just the big one in the news right now, but we've had the swine flu. We've had other outbreaks. We've had these earthquakes. We've had all these other signs happening, kind of like what the Bible calls birth pangs. And, um, you know, we need to be like Abraham and like other men and women of God in the Bible that stood strong when others collapsed from fear. God will give us the strength to stand if we rely on him. Psalm 91, he who hides himself in the shadow of the Almighty. It, it's that, that we have to put ourselves under his protection. And, and so as people read Psalm 91, and they say, well, so there it is. He's going to protect us. No, there's a, there's a prerequisite to that. We have to put ourselves under his protection, and we do that by spending time with him. And in doing that, he gives us wisdom on what to do understanding how how to do things and at the same time that he does put supernatural protection around us and i i want to be in that group i I want to be the ones that god supernaturally protects um and and so uh, whatever the point i want to be a, a, a man i want my wife to be a woman of courage in this day and age and stand strong and that's going to require all those things I said, the, the moral preparation, the physical preparation, and the material preparation. And if, if, you, if you don't take it seriously, the, you know, the, the, the virgins, the ten virgins listed in the Bible, five of them were foolish, five of them were wise. When push came to shove, the foolish ones who didn't store extra oil came to the five wise ones and said, hey, give us some of your oil. They became a little collectivist at that point. You've got to share. You know, you're going to hear a lot of that. Everybody becomes a collectivist when needs happen. You need to share. That's the right thing to do. That's the Christian thing to do, to share. And the wise virgin said, nope, go get your own. That's what they said. And there could be a lot of those people out there, you need to share. And, um, you know, I'm not making a complete exegetical statement on that, but I think it does lend credence to the fact that, if you've been wise and others have been foolish, um, you're not obligated to – you might want to, and you might do it, but you're not obligated to um, help those that have been foolish. You know, but went out and bought all the junk of the day when the warning was out there over and over and over again to, to prepare, to get right, to do these things. Well, I think you're right. So what do people – 
beyond food, water, guns, gold, ammo, what else do people need? Well, I would I would recommend this. We uh, and again, I, I don't want. I always get these comments. Well, here comes the sales pitch, and and don't buy it. Go well, get it from Walmart. Well, here's what I'm going to say too. I have an author on. At the end of the interview, you talk about the book. If I have a yeah. talk show host on at the end of it, like with Paul Preston, we talk about New California and his radio show. So this is part of the right. genre. So you know what? But also too, this is information giving. It's not just product selling. It's information giving. You know, a shortwave radio, one that you can pick up global news. We sell the Cato 900. It's right around with the power pack. Everything is about $120. It runs on solar. You can hand crank it. It has USB, so you can charge a cell phone with it. So it does. it's multi-multi-function. And you can pick up shortwave radio, and it actually has the shortwave antenna with it. Um, you can pick up shortwave radio from around the world. I, I think it's so important to be able to listen to other people talking because you can also pick up ham radio operators, people talking on ham radio, and what that allows you to do is you hear what the common man has to say, as well as you know, like Tennessee has a huge uh, shortwave radio station with a lot of Patriot programming on it. But this programming like that, like that from around the world, so you just don't buy the propaganda of the na- of the nation you're in. You get to listen to what other nations are talking about. And having that shortwave receiver, it's not a transmitter, it's just a receiver. Anybody can get it. It doesn't take a license. Uh, being able to listen to news from around the world I, I think is absolutely critical. And then what I tell people, um, you know, the, the broken record, um, they, I mean, again, your cell phone can be turned off so easily. Your IP address can be turned off. And how would you communicate with your family? Uh, you know, Bofang radios, you can get them $25. You can get, you can get better ones. But, I mean... Uh, you have to have a license to use them, and uh, again, just to say it, if you think you're going to use that radio after the zombie apocalypse starts and you've not used it and you've not practiced with it, it you're, it's not going to happen. It takes There's a learning curve to doing it, and that's why you get your license so that you can practice. Um, you know, Being able to defend yourself at night or during the day, Dave, getting that food you're talking about, um, you know, the food will be used as a coercion. And, you know, of all the disasters that I could name, financial, economic, whatever, a pandemic has the greatest ability for the government to use it as a manipulation tool because it has an extreme amount of fear. If an earthquake happens, oh, it happened in California. Okay, it's over there. We can sense stuff. But if a pandemic happens, fear spreads throughout the whole world. And what did Rahm Emanuel say? Never let a good crisis go to waste. So you got that fear. And you can manipulate people easily with that fear. So um, just you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, get your food now. And, and the government, if you want to eat, you got to come into this. You got to come here and do this, and you know, sign in and check in, and, and get your whatever you, they give you. Um, be like the, maybe the people during Joseph's day who said, well, Joseph, the government's storing food. Maybe I should too. And, and Dave, get that food. Get the ability to purify water. And you want a purifier, something that takes viruses out of the water. Because as, if this virus gets in the water and you've only got something that takes bacteria out, um, you, you know, you're going to be hurting. If you only have a filter that does bacteria, put bleach in the water and then filter it. Um, and let the, let the, the bleach sit 15, 20 minutes in the water to kill all the viruses. Um, but you know you need to have that ability to have clean drinking water. You need to have that ability to get food. Uh, Dave, you don't pay me to, to promote your food, but I'm just telling you, if you don't have it, and I, you know, the last 1918 pandemic lasted two years. So, 
you know, whatever you can take. You well, take the, uh, the event 201 staged by uh, Gates and other globalists went 18 months on the coronavirus for the simulation. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just take it for what it's worth. Um, you know, if you go out, it's, it's playing really Russian roulette with a, with a loaded gun. Um, you know, you better learn the, the implements of decontamination. Um, you know, protective mask, a full face mask is a really good thing. It's just you have to make sure you know how to decontaminate it because if you've gone out and somebody has coughed, you've walked into a room with somebody's coughed, and that virus gets on the outside of the mask, and you do not go through the proper decontamination. You just touch it, and um, then you cross-contaminate when you touch your face. We used to do this drill. We used to teach uh, this. I'd go to, I went to some classes that taught it, and they would actually put you in full gear, you know, so that you're fully in, enveloped in, in protective gear, and then they'd pepper spray you. And you you know what? Hey, pepper spray doesn't bother me. Cool, you know? Um, but uh, invariably, invariably, most people would not decontaminate properly, and they'd get they'd, they'd touch their mask, touch something, and they'd get some pepper spray in their hands. Well, your hands are pretty tough. You don't feel it. Um, but as soon as you touch your face, your eyes rub your eyes, boy, that pepper spray starts to burn like crazy. And the, and the lesson was, this is a painful lesson. The next time it could be fatal. And if you do that and you come home, not only is it fatal for you, it's fatal for everybody in your house. That's true. Bob, we've got exactly 30 seconds, so tell people how they can get a hold of you for help. Well, I'll be glad to talk to them at 800-627-3809. Uh, 800-627-3809. We still have some of the protective gear in stock. Um, and then, uh, or readymaderesources.com. Um, I just will tell people we're working as hard as we can to get orders out. They're backed up three or four days longer than normal. And um, it, I think, Dave, it is going to get much worse than that for everybody. I really agree with you. And with that, we are flat out of time. Bob, thanks so much for joining us. To everybody else, thank you for joining us as well. And we'll see you back on the next program. Thanks, Bob. Thank you.